And um, what we're going to do this morning, church, as Brogan has said, we're going to be looking at the story of the baptism of Jesus. It's in Mark's gospel, and I'm going to read that to us now. It's about seven verses long. Mark 1, verses 4 to 11. And so, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, the whole Judean countryside. And all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. And we reply, thanks be to God. So we're looking at baptism as we do um, at this point every year. After Advent, we look at the story of the three wise men in Epiphany going to Jesus and the baptism story of Jesus. And you might have heard it taught in this church before that baptism is a little bit like a wedding, a funeral, and a birthday all rolled into one. We have this beautiful baptistry here in the middle, and we often share that message when people are baptised. A funeral in the sense that your old life is gone into the grave in baptism and a new life has begun, a birthday and a marriage in the sense that we are joined in Christ to be with God. Um, ben often shares like that. It's a wedding, it's a funeral and it's a birthday all rolled into one. Lee Gattis also says it's a bit like a bath at the same time as well where your old stuff is washed away, left in the waters and you come out a new creation. I'm not going to talk much about baptism because that happened last year. Ben did a wonderful job this year. I'd love us, as we see this story, to think about the persons of God because there is a peculiar thing in this story that we see in verse 9, in verse 10, and verse 11. We see the three persons of God at the same time. It's not like God exists, one God with three forms all three persons of the Trinity are here. And peculiarly, they have names, not just a son, but the son. And when Jesus teaches us the Lord's Prayer, we pray to our Father. And we hear in this story about the Holy Spirit. God is what they are, but Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is who they are are the persons of God, the Trinity in the Christian faith, relating to each other as this community in the happy land together as the Trinity. So we see something of how they are together and who they are. God the Father 
is the father of Jesus by nature. But God the Father is our father through his gracious gift to us of his son and through the spirit of adoption. So what I'm going to share about this morning is that the father shows his love to us through, by sending his son and by sending his Holy Spirit to bring us into the happy land of the Trinity. And so I'm going to share a little bit about that happy land. But before I do, let me tell you a story. Um, over Christmas, we bought tropical fish. Is there anybody here who is into the hobby of fish keeping? I have gone down a rabbit hole on YouTube about how to keep fish at the moment. Am I on my own? Wonderful, I'm about to educate you. So we got these tropical fish. I've got nine cardinal tetras. We've just bought some corys. They are beautiful. That very night when we got our fish, the worst thing happened. Jesmond had a power cut. Awful. In the middle of the night, we could hear ringing. I did the brave thing and, you know, just peeked around my curtains to see what was going on. We could hear alarms, thought nothing of it. Several hours later, we get up to discover there is no power in our house. My wife panics. Why? No, not the fish, because that night we had a Sainsbury's delivery. We had a raw whole chicken in the fridge and she was worried about the food. Me, on the other hand, I was incredibly anxious about our tropical fish that we just bought because raw chicken in a fridge needs electricity to stay cool. Otherwise, it becomes dangerous to us. But fish need heat. Tropical fish need heat in order to be healthy and thrive. I was so scared we were going to lose them that very night and I'd be 20 pounds out of pocket. Um, but they've been fine. No need to worry. But I want to ask you this question. As chicken needs cold temperatures to stay healthy for us and as tropical fish need heat in order to stay healthy for themselves, what does God need to exist, to be essentially himself? What does God need to thrive? What does he need? Well, within the happy land of the Trinity, God has all that he needs, all by himself. And when I say all by himself, that's not to say that he is alone or lonely in any way. God the Father has existed with God the Son and God the Holy Spirit since the very beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. We know Jesus to be the Word of God. In Genesis 1, the Word through which God created the whole world, and we read of the Holy Spirit brooding, resting over creation. God is Trinity, three persons, primarily four himself. This is God's self-sufficiency. He's primarily three for himself. But the good news is he's three secondarily for you and for me. If the world did not exist, if you and I were not here, God would still be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But God is Trinity secondarily for us. So what does this mean? 
I've been thinking about this through the song that Will and the band led us in before, the song God is Good by Worship for Everyone, a song that we've chosen as a church precisely for our young people in particular, that they could join in with the whole family of God in worship to Him together. The words are simple, but just because they're simple doesn't mean they're simplistic. It's not just poetry when we sing God is Good. It's proper theology. I love the lyric because God is good and God is good to us God is good primarily in himself but also God is good to us what I'm saying there is there is a distinction between who God is as the Trinity God is three for himself and he's also three to us God is good in himself And God is also good to us. And as we read in verse 11, the words of the Father lovingly spoken over the Son before the Son has even done anything miraculous. God, the Father, loves the Son. And the truth of what we find through the Bible story is that God the Father loves us through the Son made known to us by the Holy Spirit. He is three. He is good. He is love. And he is good to us. And he loves us. I'm going to finish with this idea. It's a question really. How does God love us? Well, he loves us through sending his son on mission and sending the Holy Spirit on mission too. The missions of the Son and the Spirit. Um, One of the church fathers, Irenaeus of Leon, had this image when talking about God the Father sending the Son and the Holy Spirit. He would talk about the two hands of the Father. The Father sends the Son, Jesus, on mission. Incarnate, what we looked at over Christmas, to be God with us to die for us and to redeem us. And he sends the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see the truth of the gospel and to dwell in our hearts by faith that we, with these two hands, as they help each other, accomplish their missions to draw us in into the inner life of the Trinity, the happy land of the Trinity where God is good and God is is love. To be a Christian is to be someone who is invited in to participate into the life of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is nothing less than the whole life of God in the soul of mankind. What a privilege to participate in the life of God as the Son and the Spirit draw us in as God's people to his life. And the privilege of the church is that as the Father sends the Son who sends the Spirit, this salvation is not just an abstract idea or something that is just internal to the church. Our salvation is something that we work out as we go and join in employed into God's mission in the world. As we play our part as God's people, sent by the Father too, to love Newcastle, to build community, 
and to follow Jesus. Does God need us? Absolutely not. Does God choose us? Does God want us? Does God love us? Absolutely. And so the invitation this morning through the Son and the Spirit revealed in the Word of God is to join the Father and the Son and the Spirit in the happy land of the Trinity. And one of the ways we participate in the life of God is through the meal we're about to share together this morning.